are. Wow. We're here. Uh, we're. <laughs> we are here. Today is a day. Today's this. Today's a day like any other. Today. Can you just give me one second to just really take this in? Just one, like one quick second. Damn. I feel like I just saw my life flash before my eyes. Uh, but we're here. We are here, dog. This crazy. This is this is um it's my birthday. It is definitely my birthday. It is my 27th time around the sun, man. It's it's getting better. It's getting better. That's weird. You know, I, I know that's very strange to say with everything that's going on, but with all things considered, it's okay, man. It's okay. Uh, maybe I'll listen back to this a couple years from now when I'm like 35 and I'll be like, wow, things were so different. The world, the world was so beautiful when it existed. I'll be listening to this from Mars when I'm 50, like, damn, I remember exactly where I was. No, it's, um, it's kind of wild. It's weird that two years ago, I was doing my first podcast on this day. I did my first podcast on my birthday, when I, on my 25th birthday, um, and I, and that was my official announcement of the podcast, of the Evil Ego Hour. With uh, with Coles, Cody Manawi, I'm your host, Night, where every episode is the first episode. And we were planning we were planning on the podcast. We were figuring certain things out. I recorded my my B-Day pod. And in that pod, I talked a lot. Uh, I shared a lot of intimate details. I don't even know what provoked me to do that. It was kind of my first step into being vulnerable in this way in the podcast form uh, and then the the podcast just grew from there and it really grew like I, I'm really amazed and just really thankful and appreciative I, I think this was the theme of the last podcast it was just appreciation appreciation and I think that's kind of the key to life dude that's kind of what I'm feeling it's appreciation is this energy it's like this radiant energy that if you can manifest inside of you it it feels like it feels like fresh air you know and you can never get enough of it and you can and you can literally generate it within yourself that's the cool thing about it and it can really i feel like it can remedy any mood if you're angry you just appreciate appreciate what you do have appreciate the things that you're not angry about you know i don't know that's what i'm that's what i'm feeling right now i'm feeling appreciation for myself and and the growth that i've that i've made i just don't 
I look back at my life and it's like I wasn't supposed to do this. I don't even feel like I was supposed to be normal. And I think I said this in the last podcast, which kind of is also weird because I have a lot of cyclical thoughts and I am growing. But at the same time, in a lot of ways, I'm staying the same. Uh, Hopefully keeping the good parts. So today is an appreciation episode it's an appreciation for all the people that i've met in this in this life and had an opportunity to come across it's a celebration of life and conversation um honestly it's just a special it's a special day any day can be a special day if you just decide it is but it's my fucking birthday so we're uh we're doing this Today's episode is going to be a special. It's going to be a throwback to when I used to do specials on in the first season. I had a few different specials. I had like a Thanksgiving Day special. Today's going to be a it's going to be a night's birthday special. <laughs> just just made up the name just now. Night's birthday special. <laughs> but it's it's going to be a combination of different conversations, unreleased conversations that I've had over the past few years, I really tried to make it my quest and, and my goal to become a better interviewer, but a better conversationalist and a better uh, better communicator in general. That, that was my entire goal. I just want to be a better communicator. And the people that I just know and I've been blessed to meet in this life, just so, so many interesting stories. So we're going to get into it. I'm also going to throw some unreleased music in there because you know how I does. You know how the boy do. Okay? So let's get into this first conversation, man. I'm 27 in this bitch. Let's go. Sorry. So this first conversation is an interview that I actually did with my aunt, my mother's sister. I talked a little bit about my mom's sister and my B-Day podcast two years ago, uh, but this is my lovely auntie, Sherelle. She is such a strong, resilient woman. She's been taking care of people all of her life, and she's at the stage in her life where she really is turning the focus on herself, and I'm just, I'm just proud of her to be able to go through the things that she's been through and just be so hilarious and I don't know she's a beautiful person so you get to hear a little excerpt from a conversation I had with her Uh, I think this was on we recorded this on Father's Day I believe I I was prepping up to release a Father's Day episode about a year ago so I collect these stories from different people and thank you to those people who actually sent me stories uh, about their fathers I'm sorry I didn't release that Um, had some computer troubles and then eventually it was laziness but I will definitely still put that together. We're, we're working on a fatherhood episode. But this was a conversation about fatherhood. And, and um, a lot of these conversations have the same general theme. Uh, you know, parenthood, early childhood development, a lot of interesting stories about growing up, um, interesting stories about the creative process and just life. Like I said, it's a celebration of life. So I'm excited and blessed, humbly blessed, not even in the corny way. Like I do feel blessed to be in this situation. Also, 
forgive me for any type of audio problems during the course of these combos that you're going to hear you know i kind of just pulled up on people in random places and just recorded wherever they are so sometimes you'll hear a little weird reverb or you might hear um just some fuzz or something sorry about that i uh edited it to the best of my ability so let's get into it i'm excited before each combo i'm gonna hop in for a teeny little intro and just introduce what you're about to hear and of course it wouldn't be me it wouldn't be night if the whole thing was not scored by my boy Makile. Beats by Makile. Please follow him because we have some straight heat coming out soon. Maybe I'll even preview some of it after the conversation is over, huh? Huh? Let's uh let's get into it. Let's get into it. This is me and Auntie. That excuse me? I don't even know you, Daddy. You don't know your, your daddy? What's your name, daddy? What's your real name, daddy? State your name. Daddy. Daddy. <laughs> I'm your daddy. I'm your daddy. You're my auntie. Yes, I am. Getting you on here to talk about your daddies for Father's Day. My daddy. Do you even think about Do you even think about Father's Day when it comes around? Like, um, I used to think about Father's Day, but when I thought about Father's Day, I always thought about my mother really that's what i'm saying a lot of like black families are like matriarchal in that way where it's like based on the mother like the mother's doing both jobs even if the father's around well let me say this i thought about uh father's day as long as my grandfather was alive um so Hmm. those credits always went to my grandfather because my grandfather was just uh he was the man of our family and uh like, in what sense? Like, he, he well, protected he, y'all? he, you know, he was in a relationship, of course, with my grandmother. But, you know, he stood in as the man with my mother because my aunt, my mother's sister, had, had, was, had, was married. So he didn't have to stand up for her. But to him, you know, this is the unmarried one, so I got to cover her as well. So he was going so to cut covered. the grass and all that. Like, he, he did all the manly Whatever he duties. needed to do, you know. I always think about um, we had got grown. We used to share a bed. And we had grown to the point where we didn't need to be sharing the bed anymore because we was kind of like fighting about it. <laughs> Wait, out the what bed age about was that? Or when did y'all separate? Oh, I'm sure I was like Too old? seven. Oh, no, she might have been like nine or something like that. But we was just becoming our own individual people. And um, you kind of start fighting about everything. You know, it's like everything for one at that time we had the tiniest uh room you talking about you and your sister me and my sister um uh, we had uh the tiniest little room and um uh it was just so small in that room period you know it's just not how it is and in those days your mother did not allow you to be playing in the living room or anywhere else in the house because they want to keep it clean for country, so <laughs> you gotta keep your little or anywhere else, or in, anywhere the house. else in the house. You just can't play. Don't don't, don't let me catch yeah, you having just don't fun. Play. And if you was going to be anywhere, you could be in her room watching the TV at the end of the bed but on don't the move. floor. But right, don't make no sounds while you in there. But anyway, beyond that, so my grandfather realized, okay, something has to be done here, and 
you know, like we were, we were talking, we were all spending like a Sunday together and my grandmother and my grandfather had come over to where we were living at the time. And um, my grandfather said, um, no, my mother said, I'm going to have to buy these kids a bed. I don't know where, where I'm going to find something. We were going to go around to the Goodwill places to see where we could find these two beds and how we going to fit it in this room, right? Well, by, by by the next weekend, we came home um, from dad's class and we had bunk beds, uh-huh. you know, without a thought, you know, stuff like that was up because that's the kind of man he was. Uh-huh. Like he heard the need and he would just step up to the plate. So, you do, so do you see that as an element of being a father or like being a man in general, just recognizing the need and making taking your, action? Yeah, taking action. Like taking action is a form Absolutely. Of- is probably why your auntie is not married. Because although um, I might have been in relationships, but if they didn't like, you know, you got that hidden level mm. of man yeah, that they you gotta need to have be. That. If you're not that... I'm not sure I can even. Do you, so do you hold people? Do you hold them to the standard of your grandfather? Like every time, uh, as I as I viewed him, yeah. he might not have been as great him. as I viewed yeah. him, but as I viewed him, yes, yeah, I did. Because you were a kid. Because so, therefore, when when um, you know, when things, are, I don't want to have to tell you, but I also don't want you to be intrusive. My grandfather was never intrusive. He never just, he just was like, listened. oh, you need you need to take care of this, or you need to that. That's not the man he was. He listened. He heard it, he saw a need, and he took care of it. He didn't. He didn't try to control your life. It was never that, you know. Um, but he told you what was right and what was wrong. Um, he told me. He, he told you. Um, you asked for advice. You got it. You know. Point so he, blank. So he gave you what you thought you needed, and also what you thought he gave you what you thought you needed, and also what, what he, he thought, thought you needed. Right. But he never was an intrusive person, you know. And probably the worst intrusive portion of him was probably he was always handling my mother, get married, get married, get married, get married. You need a husband for these children. You need a husband for these children. Yeah. Because that's that was their culture at that time. You know? Right. And he um, was probably like, you know, he's seeing that he's filling in this role. Right. And he's saying like, and they he never need complained this. about it. Yeah. yeah. I never right. heard. If he did, I never heard. Right. It. Well, yeah. You um, were, yeah, you were a kid. So, um, but. Um, you know, even as I got to be 20, in my 20s, you know, my sister and I got an apartment together. And that was the first thing he wanted to know. What what, what do we need? You know? And he meant it. So you, you say it. If you if you didn't get it, it's because you ain't say something. So um, we would say it. And it sounds like we're looking at each other like, that's too much. Mm-hmm. But yet he would do it. You know what I mean? Like... Um, so besides, so after him, because you said that you said uh, a lot of times you think of another woman. So would the secondary person be your mother? So yeah, the, or so your grandmother. I thought about my mom because although my grandmother was my grandmother, she still stayed in the role of being a grandmother, and I think that was very intentional. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So. Um, but since your dad wasn't around, because my father wasn't around, and what was he doing? Why was, they never around? Where are our daddies? You know, we'll call I, this I whole always thing. think about. I think about that. I think about. Um, I don't know where my. I think at. about like what 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 got him to the point a point where he just wasn't in it no more. Like I always think just about that. Out. 
Like, like what made you check out? Well, I mean, not to give uh, Father's Day a little taint, you know, like make it mad bad, but it is what it is. That's, okay, it definitely is exactly what it is. <laughs> so, so you know, you want to talk about the, the positives at? about dads, but and I, and I think that I think all of us dream to be either good. If you're a male, good ma- a good man, yeah. a good dad, you dream to be that. As you know, we dream to be good mothers and good wives or whatever. Okay, but what happens but, like to somebody like that? I, I I don't know. I think I think that you had a full plate, right? And you wasn't mature enough. Yeah. I don't want to say man. I just want to say mature enough. Mature yeah. enough. That's a good choice of words. Um, to know what you got yourself into. And you didn't know how to handle it. And if we all make mistakes and you don't know how to handle things, so you do And you, maybe you, you do feel st- like you do something more maybe stupid. Maybe you feel like yeah, it's it's I'm such a screw up. Maybe this situation is better, better if, if I'm I not step in. out. And that's a lot of that's the, a lot. That's a lot Straight of the, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, people's rationale whenever they make poor decisions that like a lot of people who are suicidal think like that like maybe this situation would be better if i'm not around right because you don't understand the value yeah, you have the value you have and the power you have yeah. to this world and then you and it's a lie straight from the pits of hell yeah. you know um um so i, I, I i'm not sure I, I think um you know it's, it's a lot of little hints that i hear here and there about my mother father kind of thing you know it's like so many stories but no like never full know the truth, story you know? right that's how I feel about my dad too. Yeah. I just never knew. I, right. I don't. And I, it's kind of one of those, you know, you don't miss what you never had things. You until, don't until, until you start you questioning it. things. It's like you you don't miss it till you're a full grown, yeah. um, person, and then you like and you don't see somebody that came up with parents. Yeah. That stuck it out. Yeah. Then you really start you saying really like, think, oh, wait a oh, minute. That's I might how you be are up, with you know? a balanced household? Yes. Wow. I could have been that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I see, you know, like I see what I'm missing now. I see like I have no necessary, like this is one of my weak points. I have no necessary drive. I never had a necessary drive for family. Huh. Like, although I love my family that exists, I never had a drive to want to be oh, a unit, make my own family. Because uh, I was about to say, I, I, re- I don't know about that. Because you definitely have more, a lot of drive for for the people that you love. Oh, that, that's already like here. That, yeah. I'm talking about creating one, right? <laughs> <laughs> creating more. That's out, you know. Because headaches. I mean, like now, even when I think about even wanting to be married, you know, to a man, I'm thinking about it's just me and him. I'm not thinking about oh, we should adopt. Oh, I mean, I'm I'm way past that age, but even. Even in my thirties, when I was, even with with you guys, I always visioned just having a husband. I never visioned having kids. So, um, and I and it's so ironic that that's all I wanted, because men were the ones I had the least respect for. Really, really. I mean, respect, trust, and trust, and I just. You know, and again, so that's what Father's so that's Day what a, thing. Yeah, so that's what a father's supposed see. to do, right? Because they do talk about that's the first man that's what, supposed to love you and teach you about respect and teach you about the balance of, of I guess, different roles. Right. I guess nowadays, and, and I didn't see, I didn't see, other than my grandfather, you know, many men 
really doing that. You know what I mean? Like, that's not the way my grandfather did it, you know? And then, of course, with my generation, you know, um, being an adult, you know, being a young, young 20 year old and in, in the eighties and early, early, early eighties, you know, um, perspective of men were just different, you know? And so we made all these mistakes. And then as men, the men wanted to run away from it. It's like, you know, we were so free at hand with sex and being intimate with each other and, and being so free with the word love. And, and really we didn't even know what love was that we just got together and then we created these families. And then I'm not speaking for myself, but I'm just speaking for my generation. We made all these families and we wasn't ready. <laughs> just we just was wasn't life. ready. Oh God. And, and so you, you can't be but so mad at fathers or fathers that should be or, 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 or you know, so I, they I, are fathers, but they should be with us. Yeah. I wanted and, to uh, ask you though, like it's, and I've always wanted to ask you this question. Because I've thought about it pretty hard. Um, outside of just fathers, parents in general, do you believe? Because we always, you always talk to people and you ask them, like, and they always say, "My parents did the best they could. They really just did the best they could." Do you honestly believe that your parents did the best they could, or do you feel like there was room that they actually could have done more, and they, and they took some time, and sometimes where they were lacking or uh neglectful you know we always automatically assume they could have done more do you honestly believe that i really truly believe people can only do where their head space is and if you are in a head space that you either like say if you don't like yourself if you don't like yourself how in the heck are you liking anybody you just else? Ca- you're not even capable. You're capable okay or like um I always say, I, I'll use this as an example now, which is so crazy, but it still was her headspace. Okay, like, let's get off of fathers for a minute. Um, my mother, I used to always say I wanted to be an interior decorator. My mother would say, no, that was not for you. Like, I, I would love to see you do that, but that's not really for you. That's only for, like, the white people. Mm-hmm. That was her headspace. Yeah, it's a sign of the she didn't times. Really think that, of... She really didn't think that a black person could actually do that. So when she told you that you couldn't do that, she felt like you think like, that she was actually you, doing you a favor. Tra- she, yeah, she, I think she thought, I don't want you chasing pipe dreams. Yeah. You know? Now, what she could see, like one of her, her um, friends that she went to school with did hair. She used to send me to her to get my hair done every day. So she was like, hey, you know, she was doing well. So I, you know, sporadically said, oh, okay, I'll go to hair school and um, and I'll make my money to go to, to cosmetology school. Well, after I finished hair school, of course, I... You just I stayed like, in that. Oh, I'm not sure I want to do that either, you know. Right. So I ventured away for that and got to something else, whatever. But um, then years later, I came back to it. But... Um, that's what that's she could accept. Was, yeah. She she was really willing to pay. Now those two schools at that time cost about the same thing. Maybe uh, design school was just a tad bit more expensive, but she was willing to pay for it. Yeah. It's just that she just didn't believe. Yeah, she she saw. And then she tangible. couldn't believe in my dream. 
Right. How could I believe right. in my own dreams? Like, okay, well, my mother's not going to tell me this for nothing. Yeah. So I think, yes, people do do things according to their headspace and where they are, and that's what they're believing at the time. And so they can't give you more than that. You can't that's go true. any higher than them because that's who's leading you. And, some of, and a lot of that is not even up to her. Like you said, she didn't think a black woman could make it at that at that point in that field, which is a sign of the times, which a is a sign of, of a lot of things she outside thought of her. The white people was going to hold me back. Yeah. And really, people like, still think that. Yeah, and it, it really is not. It's so not true. And I, when I got out there, and even though sometimes in certain places I feel that, that some people are trying to, yeah. um, but, um, you know, and even as I got out there, I, I saw people trying to hold you back. But now that I look back at hindsight is twenty twenty, I realize that well, they was only holding you back because you was allowing it, you know. Now it's time for a random music break. Yeah, I woke up in a mood, new attitude, seek energy from the sun like food. But even on a rainy day, I still gotta move. I still got fuel, still got a few loved ones with me, so I will not lose. Eyes on the skyline, rooftop views, working like I got a point to prove. I gotta break through. I gotta put fam on the map. Took it on the circle where I'm at. Struggle to survive in the dap. Ain't nothing harder than that. That's why I put my heart in it at. Waking up trying to get a rack. Feeling like it's hard to interact. It's not a straight shot, it's a lap. Sometimes you gotta fall flat. Been losing it a little, but I always get it back. Gotta get back. Lost, but I always 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 get back. Yes, that was nice, right? That was a convo with my aunt Sherelle talking about some of her experiences growing up and her ideas of what a man is. Some of the things that I find myself pondering as I turn 27. The idea of what type of man I want to be. I want to be that type of man. Identifying needs and just, you know, I want to be somebody people can depend on. And I'm working on it. My communication could definitely be better. I was talking about being a better communicator. I definitely got to work a little bit harder at that. Um, And followed by that conversation, that was a song called Get Back by me and Makile. Coming soon. A little preview of that. This next convo I have queued up, this next discussion, is with um, a beautiful soul. Just a beautiful, complex, extremely, extremely talented individual by the name of Begir. Um, I met him through another amazing, beautiful person, uh, Josu, introduced me to this dude, and I don't know, we kind of hit it off. He's, he's a guy with very strong opinions, and, and I feel like I'm pretty... I have strong opinions as well, as you all know from listening to the podcast, but uh, you know, I'm, I'm pretty rooted in myself, but whenever I talk to him, I have to, I have to make sure that I'm really rooted and grounded 
because he is a strong he has his intent man his intent is strong he has a fiery soul and you can hear it in his music it's just so passionate and so we talk about that i talk about i, I wanted to know how he became one with music in the way that he does when he plays the keyboard when he plays the piano he is he's just he's the piano it's an extension of himself and um, I wanted to know how we got to that point. So we talked about that and we talked about intent. We talked about respect. It's just a cool convo. And instead of Makile in the background, you're going to hear some of Bagheer's music in the background during this conversation. He's an amazing producer, an amazing soul, and I'm, I'm blessed to be able to meet him. I'm blessed to be able to have met all of these people. But, you know, I really love this guy. So without any further ado, you'll hear uh, it'll start off with a musical composition that he made uh, that we're listening to. And then it'll dive right into the conversation. So, yeah, let's do it. No, what is in your head? Is it is it? Le- are you are you even in your head when your finger touches the fucking piano? Because I really want to know. Like, is it a head thing or is it just how the stereotypical, um, the stereotypical? Oh, oh, you know, it's just the universe. It's just the universe. I'm tapping into the universe, and uh, uh, you know, it's just making a part of myself. Are you thinking, or is it just a state of no mind? Very good. Uh, is it recording? Yeah, you're recording. I gotta take take this metronome off. I just, oh, it is what's happening. Yeah, you're good. Okay, cool. This is good, right? This this uh, question. No, no, no. The question is amazing. The distance. Oh yeah, you yeah? can. Okay. Yeah, you can have it like right here. Okay. You know how so, niggas normally do it. It's thinking or not thinking. When you're saying the cliche universe. Yeah, right. Dude. Like, so, are you thinking when you do something like that? I'll tell you like this. There is a point where you have to get to not thinking by first thinking a lot. At first, you have to, you know, let's say, getting familiar with your instrument as a speech, as a kid, as a baby. At first, you already doing it. You're not thinking. So in a way, you're not thinking because you're already doing it, but you just don't know what you're doing right, yet. You're you want to communicate, which brings the whole idea of necessities human necessities that have nothing to do with words because before the word was the action before the word before the, the word was yeah. the action before you could describe right. what you were doing you were doing because everything before had a sound like i'm pretty sure before apple became an apple in english it was many other things it was probably yeah it was some bullshit like <laughs> a plapu like shit gotcha right right but it was the idea of it what apple is right so you're already doing it in a way. So like, sure, I'm already playing music. When I started just fucking around on the piano without knowing what any key is, I'm already doing it, but I don't know what I'm doing yet. Right. But it's like, the more you learn, the more you realize that there are no rules. 
But in order for you, I think, to break the rules, the rules in a cool way, yeah, if you have to, to know them first. For it to not sound like you don't know the rules, right? Because we've heard music where people actually like don't know exactly. the rules. It sounds off. There's Why? Off because it's not it. convincing. Yeah. Just like lately, I decided to be just honest with myself and not lie to myself when I hear people who are technically playing the right things. Mm-hmm. They're very technical. They're great on the instrument technically. But I don't believe them. Hmm. Same can be for somebody who's really ugly, quote unquote, on the instrument. Right. But I believe them. But you believe them because, because I know that it's very in the, yes. Right. It was purposely done. Just like with communication, just like with the, every intention behind your actions. So there's all again the the action. The child at first didn't do it with words. See, the child at first did it with literally because. He's born into this world, and I believe this world is already filled, yes, with great things too, but this world is filled with already selfishness. Yeah. So this child at first already, because he's born into this world, if you don't ground him, and by grounding, I don't mean discipline, beat your kid, no, no, but I mean like not enable this selfish behavior. Yeah, you have to humble him. Yes, you have to humble him. And that is what I believe what when they talk about God now, about hell, hell and heaven, <clears throat> I truly believe this is hell, and in, not in a dramatic way. I'm not saying like no, this is hell. Literally. We're suffering. No, 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 go on that right now. I yes. mean, like this disease here, you know, this death, there's all these anything old... you can find in hell, you can find right, here. Right, yeah, you can. Yeah, yeah. But sure, we somehow, however, still have mercy on us yeah. that we can see skies and beauty and nature and animals that's the, that are still alive thankfully and not all dead yet yeah <laughs> right give us some time bigger <laughs> we'll get them <laughs> but continue <laughs> we're we're a fucking rambunctious species bro so yeah so like, you know i love that idea though so that- meaning that even if right this is hell Technically, it's not terrible. When you read the fucking fire and suffering for eternity and being fucking stabbed with the <laughs> demon with a fork. And yeah, and shit. fucking raped by Satan himself. <laughs> that sounds, you know, horrific. But in a way, look at it like you can have a fucking burning. You you know, you, you can yeah. you can get burned and by fire, shot, stabbed. You can have a fucking uh, diabetes and all that or shit. Or you could just <laughs> live every day with no purpose. That can be your I mean, own, own self created hell. Yeah. And you're dead, but you don't know you're dead. You're asleep. Dude, like every yeah. day, that's hell. But I think that these are the people actually who use excuses the most. People who are generally like more or less healthy physically, mm-hmm. who are like asleep here as you said like the ones who just completely just no purpose physical you know illness is such a thing that's like damn it hurts you know let's say like people are hurting you know whether it be a flu whether it be a fucking diabetes it's like people are suffering you know physically but a lot of time mentally they still remain strong but there's some people strongest right but there's some people at times who are physically all right they're mentally so much full of hate and so yeah. full of fucking just lack of purpose and lack you of might any as well have understanding. Fucking cancer. Yeah, exactly. They're just 
as sick if not sicker yeah but you kind of think like which one's the worst right but reality is like I believe the second one is worse. Mm -hmm. Again, what is worse? I'm talking about clearly the language yeah, was speak. It's all worse. Yeah, but yeah. by worse, I mean you are much less likely to get closer to realization of what it is all about. Yeah. When you mentally. And you know what there. else is interesting about that? The mental sickness is easier to spread than the physical one. So, because if you have cancer and you have a terrible outlook on life, you're gonna spread your terrible outlook on life. But if you have cancer and you have a positive outlook, yeah. you're not. You can't give somebody yeah, else yeah, cancer, yeah, but you can give them a positive outlook. But you can, outlook. yeah, recruit people and fucking tell them that. Hey, are you as angry as me right. about some made up shit? Right. And if you are, let's fucking get let's together. <laughs> let's get some tiki torches. Let's go to the White House and let's scream white fucking power. I, that's very interesting. I, I, one thing I do like about you a lot is that you're very anti-hate. Like, you hate hate. What the point is? No matter what no, the religion you is, you no matter what you look hate. like. No, you shouldn't hate hate. The... The hate, you shouldn't hate period you shouldn't hate anything but the point is it's either right or wrong that's what i mean by yeah. the words a lot of people i know disregard that concept now what is wrong what is right well what is really good what is really bad you know it's so difficult to say no it's fucking not if you follow this dna closest fucking yeah. philosophy to the tree of life that's possible as yeah. far as you go follow the elders you saying elders don't you know understand the youth and this and that the reality <laughs> is the tree they already closer the the only reason elders deserve respect they even in time whatever time means yeah they're closer, closer to, the to god yeah already already even yeah. in time even if they're six months older than you 80 years old yeah, when you're you were closer to the source i love that you're already closer so man and we you know 10 10 second old version of us is closer yeah that's a beautiful point beautiful beautiful point respect your elders and ask your elders for help that's what they're there for they've been doing this life shit for a while ask them you know hope you are enjoying this show so far i know some of you probably already checked out <laughs> or maybe you put it on pause so you can listen to the rest later i get you i respect you thank you for listening to this we're gonna keep moving on through the show hitting you with another unreleased interview um and this one is with the second love of my life i would say <laughs> The God. I couldn't have a special episode. It ain't special without having my my boy. You know him. You love him. None other than co-host Cody Manawi. This is a clip or an excerpt from a conversation uh, that is unreleased that we were going to release on the main channel. It kind of went everywhere mentally. We didn't really stay on track with the idea of what we were trying to do and i was just like i don't know if i want to release it but if you really like the excerpt from the conversation maybe we will release it just let me know and that goes for any of these conversations actually if you if you want to hear them in long form maybe we'll put it in a special place in the podcast channel uh, but yes this conversation is actually about thoughts it's about ideas it's about where does any of this shit come from <laughs> My idea to do this, my thought to do a podcast in general, 
the thoughts that we have on a daily basis that pop up, those weird thoughts, those, those motivating thoughts, self-deprecating thoughts, ideas, where does it come from? So naturally, a conversation like this can go everywhere, can go anywhere. Absolutely ridiculous. But this part of the conversation, though, I really enjoyed. I feel like we got somewhere with something. I don't know where exactly, but we said something. I felt it. I downloaded it and it generated uh, more thoughts. So let's dive into it. But before that, it seemed appropriate that I would play a clip from an unreleased song that's probably going to go on my next album called Thoughts. The song is called Thoughts. And just a little fun fact for continuity's sake, this song is actually produced by Bagheer. See? I know what I'm doing. Just trust me. Uh, can we get another random music break, please? by the word depression why am i boring hobbies turn to weird obsessions why i gotta step into a room and the first thing i do is to always check for all the exits why i gotta be so defensive why everywhere i go i leave a trail of bad credit and ruin friendships why are musicians so pretentious why i keep smoking shit when i know it's messing with my senses why don't you take the time to try to see life through my lenses even though i'm not religious i speak the word out of my mind on the end of my lease why does life seem so absurd out of my mind i gotta find peace so i break down a piece of herb why is it me i believe in the least and i need to be reassured why thoughts I'm always thinking, yeah, I'm saying idea a lot, but where do these ideas fucking come from? They just seem like, and and it happens often, right? You'll just be sitting there and maybe just a random idea will hit your head. Maybe it'll be about something that you were supposed to do the other day. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a memory of something that you said to yourself that you were going to do that you forgot to do. Mm -hmm. And then this time you actually write it down. You write it down and you start to act on it. And then it changes It changes your entire existence for a long period of time or maybe a short period of time. But it, it actually changes the way you move about in the world. Mm. And I'm like, where did that, where does it come from? Of course, it comes from past events, maybe stuff that you experienced, maybe will give you an idea, maybe, you know, I, I really want to understand where ideas come from and i know it's kind of abstract to try to break down like we're already breaking down ideas but now we're gonna break down where ideas come from like we're gonna break down the idea of an idea like that's just fucking annoying how dare you you kind of end up in a in a loop at that point and the way that i have been well, the idea that i've been carrying when it comes to Thoughts. Thoughts and ideas and concepts forming a loop in on themselves is that normally anything that forms a loop or anything that we experience that feels cyclical 
I guess through my Buddhist teaching and Buddhist ideas, like how I've learned about Buddhism and those ideas, mm-hmm. um, normally those cyclical things do not exist in themselves. Hmm. So you mean it like it is what it is kind of thing? Yeah, it's one of those things where like it is what it is and it is what it isn't. It's like there's a Buddhist concept called not one, not two. And it's a very like I'm about to butcher this shit out of this lesson. And there's do like it. We I do mean, it all the time. Well, not, but, not butcher it, but like there's a lot of ways that you can interpret it. Interpret it. So you look at anything in life. Okay, well no the, the, the way that I learned about it is through the idea of a car. So when you have a car, you have the muffler, you have the engine, you have the transmission, you have the steering wheel, you have the gas pedal, the brakes, the battery, the wheels, all these different components of the car, right? I didn't know any of that. <laughs> so I didn't have a father, but continue. Okay. All right. Um, so you have all these parts of a car, right? So is the car just a bunch of, is the car just a bunch of parts? Mm, Or is the car, or is the car, the, or is the car, the, just the sum of the parts. And so most people may say that it is the sum of the parts, but how can the car be a sum of things that it isn't? Right. How is it made up of things that it isn't? Right. Oh, and so it's fuck. <laughs> Damn. I feel like my brain just got its back blown out, bro. <laughs> Pause. Um so <laughs> um so yeah, there is like a lot of things in life is that we we build up all these different concepts um and different components of it and we say, "Okay, all of this together is this." Is this. And so if you um so if you if you if you look at um at, at anything in life, the sum of like like those same parts can be used and make a totally different car, or it can be it can make something that's not even a car. It can make an art piece. Same and, same general parts. But same is it parts. still a car? Right. No. And so most things in life they're not the sum of its things, and it's also not the individual things itself. Right, so that's kind of the thought when it comes to ideas. When it comes to ideas and concepts in life, most things aren't the sum. They're they're not the individual components of it, nor are they the sum of all these components. And so because they're neither or, in a certain sense, they don't exist. So is it kind of like a, is it like the chicken and the egg kind of thing? Like what, what comes first? Exactly. And mm. there's, there's no like concept of one coming before the other. Hmm. Even got to this as like an idea for an episode. Mm-hmm. So I was going down this trip of like listening to myself talk about ideas and like thinking about like, what are ideas? And then I always had that thought. Uh, thought or always heard that thing in my head whenever my brain gets a little too engrossed by my own thoughts I always heard that statement like you are not your thoughts I've always heard that you are not your thoughts and of course the second answer or the second question that you normally have after that is like then what am I then if I'm not my thoughts what am I exactly and that's what kind of made me 
go down the rabbit hole of like what is thought what is like what are the purpose of these thoughts that i have like especially the ones that are not like self-serving at all the ones that are particularly negative what's the why do i have these what's the purpose of having all this thought and then i thought of this concept that i heard a while ago on a podcast that I kind of deemed the alien idea theory mm-hmm. that I want to run past you. And I want to see what you think about this, right? So a thought, what, what is a thought? We're going we're gonna to look up the definition, but when I think of it, it's just one of those things that, that enter your mind. And a lot of the times it's something that you feel like you need to act on. Or maybe it's something that eventually becomes a thing in reality right it's it's these feelings and these formless ideas that that are being brought into existence through words and through physical actions you can think of something and bring it into being so So like so are are you saying that some thoughts are wordless so what i'm saying what i what i think the theory is if i'm not mistaken that ideas are like an alien being or an alien thing that enters your mind and uses you as the vessel to become to to uses you as the vessel to make its way into reality that's what an idea is. that's what an idea is right so like so these ideas exist within themselves these ideas exist and they're using you as the vessel to become quote-unquote real to play themselves out in reality Whoa. Right. So I, I always thought about that. I'm like, okay, if that's the if that's the idea, I can't even use a different word. If that's the thought or that's the that's the concept. idea that or that's the concept, right? These Analogy. ideas are entering your brains to in order to see themselves played out in reality. And I've also had that idea about God. Like we're all individual parts of God. We're all the little parts of God reflecting onto itself. Mm-hmm. So the thought and the idea of God and like is God just ideas? <laughs> like is God implanting these ideas in us in order to have these things play out in reality? Right, because if they're an alien thing that's not who we are then where do they come from right most a lot of these ideas like i've never a lot of the ideas and that i have for this show it's like i don't know where i get them from i the the things that we talk about the skits Uh anything i don't know where it necessarily comes from even the concept for this show i don't know necessarily where that came from and that is that concept is weird to me it's like what what was it then my my idea of um of thoughts and ideas actually before i do this let me do my fucking job do your fucking job and look up the definition are you going to look up the definition of a thought or idea let's do both okay so thought thought noun Pronounced. I'm sorry if you're listening to this thought. on like a Monday morning. You're drinking your coffee. You're like, I'm not trying to go this deep this morning. No, we're going. Yeah, uh, yeah, you're definitely going. We're there. going deep. So the definition is an idea or opinion produced by thinking or occurring suddenly in the mind. Um, the second definition of thought is the action or process of thinking. Uh, we also have a careful consideration or attention. 
um, or the formation of opinions, especially as a philosophy or system of ideas or the opinions so formed. So we say a thought is a collection of, of ideas. ideas. This okay. is what this is what Google. This is what I'm getting from the Google definitions. So um, did did one of the uh, definitions for idea or within the definition of uh, idea did it say that it appears? I just, I just suddenly? gave you the definition of a thought. Oh, that was the definition of a thought. Yeah, this okay. this is the definition of a thought. Yeah, that's what I was just, just right was saying. So, but it, the, the idea did it say that it appears suddenly? Yeah, the the first definition says an idea or opinion produced by thinking or occurring suddenly in the mind. So that is that's what they define as a thought. So let's be, and it seems like idea is um is starting to is used within the definition of a thought. Of a thought so what right. is an idea? So an idea is a thought or suggestion as to a possible course of action. It is also it says the car or the parts of the car. Exactly. <laughs> and so yeah, I mean there's synonyms. I guess somebody uh-huh. would say. Um, they say an opinion or belief, the aim or purpose, a mental concept or mental impression. Um, and so we're just saying that this is something that comes up in our in our head. This is a conscious occurrence, occurrence a conscious, a conscious occurrence phenomenon that just that happens. Imply they're implying that it's nonverbal uh, in the in, in the outside world. Um, but it could be verbal inside. You can say it to yourself, or hmm. I would even go as far as saying a thought or idea can be nonverbal, and it can be an image. For sure. Um, so, to I guess where I think the the origin of thoughts are, um, if it's coming to the consciousness, then it's probably rising from the subconscious. And so, what? is the subconscious and so the subconscious is a collection is some might need the definition of subconscious but i would say it's the collection of our experience in life um that we are unaware of or we're not Mm. um actively aware of right because our brain filters information and gives us a very limited amount to deal with because if it did show us all the information that we take in we would go fucking crazy yeah i think we would go crazy or couldn't even handle yeah we couldn't handle the awareness of all these different things and so yeah it's like six acid hits yeah so like (laughs) so like our consciousness pulls or maybe our con our subconscious sends us um well i would say our consciousness pulls from the subconscious mm-hmm. um the things and, that we need and and the the takes the experiences or the information that it has gathered through all of our experiences in life and takes the one that is most useful yeah. for this situation yeah most relevant to us now right right and so based off of what we experienced before in life whether we know of this experience or not it's sitting um, in the subconscious. Right. So instead of the alien uh, concept where these ideas come from nowhere, really, would you imply that, that maybe they're just all lying deep within our subconscious kind of wrestling with each other until they bubble their way into our regular conscious? Well, well yeah, I mean, that, I, I feel like that's the, the start of my thought. I'm not really finished with this thought. I'm just kind of just like... Freestyling. Freestyling. Um, but yeah, I would say that that's where our thoughts come from, is from these experiences that we've had before. Um, but somebody may argue 
or I'm going to argue myself and say that um, what about the things that we haven't experienced? Um, the, the thoughts um, that come to our head that aren't something that we've experienced or maybe heard about and maybe have pulled from our imagination or some people may say they come from our ancestors or from our DNA. Mm -hmm. So Mm, what what about, what about those things? Like, are those, will we still consider those thoughts or are we considering those now messages, um, from maybe God, maybe from our ancestors and, or maybe from our DNA or from some radio transmitter through 5g, where are these <laughs> alien thoughts? Because I feel like a lot of our thoughts are probably are not alien, but some of them may feel alien yeah. because we are unaware of their origin. And so I think a lot of our thoughts probably have an origin that comes from our experience. But then what about the alien thoughts that That's really you're talking true, about? That's really true, though, because there's some people who deal with depression. And let's, let's just talk about us. When we were going through depression, we were tuned into a completely different frequency of thought. Right. The thoughts that were entering our head weren't... We knew that some, some of them were our own because they were based on prior experiences that we had. But a lot of the real negative thoughts or the, the negative outlooks that we had on the world, a lot of times it would feel like it was coming from somewhere else. Like right. we were tuned like, into the wrong radio. Like. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. And, and that's why I'm saying like, I feel like those are more of the abstractions or the, the imagine the imaginary thoughts that we may have so we're producing those it's not it's not something that's coming from another uh i wouldn't even know how some type of abstract i mean i guess that's why people resort to god so much because where where do you think that is coming from if it's not if you're not creating it from your own subconscious uh, or it's not a makeup of your old experiences like what yeah i mean i so that's a question i feel like that's a question of uh where does our imagination come from Mm. um and it comes and i would say it comes from um our maybe a combination of our consciousness and um subconscious uh maybe combining our experiences with um maybe something that we have seen or or I don't know. I mean, some of these things we may not have seen. So like, are we creating these abstractions um, on top of our experiences or are we pulling from experiences that aren't our own? Right. Or like you said before, are we pulling from experiences that somebody else had way before us that's just linked to our bloodline in some way? Yeah, exactly. There you go. There you have it. Trippy, right? (laughs) Hope you got something out of that. Yeah, man, these thoughts, these thoughts, man, they're they're everything. It's wild how much your brain is in control of the experience that you're having. If you've ever taken any type of psychedelics or anything, not not promoting it, but also not shaming it either, uh, you'll definitely realize you you have like an outer body experience and you realize uh, something that people call ego death how much of a a, a floating head you are it's weird yeah these thoughts these thoughts dictate a lot but i appreciate you sticking it out we're going to move into our fourth and final conversation for this special this is a interview that i actually did with a co-worker uh, a co-worker by the name of michael when I first met this guy, we didn't really talk too much on the job. 
Uh, we kind of just said our highs and buys, but as time went on and we started talking, we realized that we had a very similar sense of humor and our dynamic is just ridiculous. So this conversation is, is, is lightly inappropriate. It has its moments, but you know, it's a, it's a little lighter, but it gets, it gets serious. We talk about masculinity. We, we talk about, you know, some of the same general principles that were in the other conversations about being a man. And he has a very kind of particularly specific situation growing up uh, because he was a uh, he was a sick boy. He had a he had a serious illness growing up. So you'll hear about that. And I just felt like it was an interesting kind of funny conversation that touched on a lot of important parts and ends on a point that I feel like is also pretty important. So hope you enjoy. This is Michael, along with a couple interjections by Nakaira in the background. I should also say that. If you've listened to the podcast in the past, then you've known Nakara. Let's get it. Let's get into it. Yo, you've been in America for 10 years. No, not 10. I'm 26 now. I was here since I was... Yeah, I'm uh, 13 years. I've been here for 13. I've been quite a while. So, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about how you were raised, right? Some of your concepts of masculinity and where that came from, if I may. I like that. You like that? You like like that idea? Uh, No, I was raised by all women, right? So, talking about my feelings. That explains it. That does explain it, doesn't it? Right. Yeah, it explains my uh, girlish charm, right? Yeah. And my long eyelashes. No, I was always told, like, (laughs) no, but, and my vagina, yes, that That does explain my sweet, sweet (laughs) vagina. Um, no, as a kid, I was, I was never straight up told that it was okay to to talk about things and have feelings and all of that. Nobody ever had, nobody ever actively told me that, but I just saw that it was okay because I was raised by all women. So I did a lot of crying when I was young. A lot of what know, kind of crime? No, crime, not crimes. Oh, crime. You just assume because I'm dark skinned that I committed crimes. Well, I did a lot of crimes, so I was hoping we can connect. Have you done any crimes? Yeah, I killed a few people a few years ago. What? The, how many? Seriously, have you done any crimes? Yeah, just Back told in your you. Country? Why does nobody? Besides, besides migrating here, what other crimes? Why do have you, you think I just came to America? <laughs> <laughs> I'm escaping the law, damn it! No, no, I'm I'm cool to talk about masculinity. Sure. Yeah. Of course you are. Yeah. Right. Sure. Right. So your dad, growing up, whenever you talk to him about like your feelings well, and stuff, I didn't grow up with my dad. You did. You grew up with your mom. I grew up with my mom actually. So, how was she when it came to like um, the overall idea of like if you're going through something? Did you did you feel like you could talk to her about it? So it was weird, honestly. Um, I grew up. I grew up with a heart issue, heart problem. Uh, so, I mean, in in a sense, I didn't like. I did. I cry as a kid. Yeah, I, I did. I had to because you know I was sick. Um, you know, I was in promised life and all that. Did your heart hurt? No, I had a hole in my heart. It was called something called heart tetralogy. What in the fuck? Are you serious? Yeah. Yeah, I literally still have the scar on my chest from the surgery. Um, doctors gave up on me. And Let's my, see it, big boy. No, that, I don't want to see it. You're gonna um, see a lot of nipples. So you were going to, <laughs> you were going to die. This yeah. was at what age then? Um, I was born with it. Right. Right, and uh, when I went to, uh, this is from what I heard, when I went to the hospitals in my country, the doctors were like, there's nothing they can do about it. Uh, I wasn't meant to be, I wasn't meant to pass the age of 13. That's what they said? Basically, because I was growing, but my heart wasn't Mm. growing along, or something like that. I don't know, because as you grow, your heart has to perform certain functions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I think something along that line. I don't know. So your heart was working at the like uh, way less it, efficient it, than a normal. It wasn't heart. working nearly as um, as the amount of efficient because right. if if it was it was pretty bad. Like if I took a few steps out, get tired, mm, dizzy, dizzy. Mm-hmm. Like there was many times when I was a kid, I I, I tried to walk mm-hmm. because I was sick of not being normal. Like I would like see the kids playing in the yard. And you'd be like, I can do it. <laughs> <And you're> like, <gasps> like, well, it was, yeah, I had a very like I had a very lonely childhood, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like a very um well, isolated. Cause I always saw the kids Because play. of your sickness? Because of my sickness. Um I always saw the kids playing in the like I said, in the front yard playing soccer. <clears throat> and I just sometimes wanted to be normal. So there were days like when I would get up and like randomly start trying to like because I could have walked, mm-hmm. but I couldn't walk for a long time. Like I would take like I would walk for like 30 seconds straight or a mm-hmm. minute straight, <clears throat> and I would and like get tired. I would have to lay down. And, Damn. And like literally, it didn't matter where I was. I would have to lay down. Like there was a there was a few times my mom got worried because she couldn't find me, and she would send out my siblings and I and and her, <clears throat> and they would have to look out. And there was a few times they find me laying in the road, or like laying in the grass. Damn, as, as you couldn't funny, roll, motherfucker. What did we? Why as, were you just laying there? I, could you roll? Is the question. No, because rolling takes energy. My heart really mm. couldn't take it. So yeah, your heart wasn't pumping sufficient some uh, sufficient amount yeah, of oxygen yeah. to your you Science, know, yeah, yeah to everything else. <laughs> yeah. Like and the more you grow the more energy and the more oxygen that needs to be pumped I, out so i would guess that's how it is i yeah so well not bigger heart i just needed so I, how, I did, how did they fill the hole in your heart I like know, with dude. laughter and like joy yeah yeah <laughs> unfortunately <laughs> wait that so you did a you did they you got a surgery i <clears throat> no i didn't get a transplant no i i had a hole in my heart um and then i came to america my dad brought me to america I got the surgery, and then I had to go back home. I was there for a few years, and then I came here at the age of 13. So I came here twice. I came here once for a heart surgery. And, and then, that was just for like a little bit? That yeah, was yeah, long. yeah, a long, yeah. And then I had to go back, and then I came back. And uh, yeah, now I'm here. And now you're here making everybody's life worse. Now, what do you think was the... Like during this whole period, like during this whole period where you're getting heart surgery, then afterwards you have to kind of recuperate from the heart surgery and you were doing the recuperating in America or back in your country, you were doing most of your... I did recuperating in, in mostly America. It was only... In mostly America? Yeah. I, I spent here like a good amount of time. And you were in New York? Yeah. I was always in, in New York, in Brooklyn, New York. So during that period, like when you're... When you're recuperating and you're trying to get, you know, back, you're kind of learning your new heart. You're learning your new body because you're probably not used to having more energy and shit like that. Yeah, basically. And the idea of, because you kind of share with me, like, your dad and how he's not very loving, maybe not a loving figure. No, not at all, man. That's actually, like, a very loving dude. He mm-hmm. just, like, he loves differently, if that makes sense. Like, he's very, because he grew up with uh, with a very unloving dad. Like, his dad was an alcoholic and always abused him and his kids and, <clears throat> you know, he's abused his mom all the time. So my dad had to, like, you know, take care of his siblings at a very early, early age. Mm-hmm. So my dad, like, he's incredibly loving, but he, like, in a very masculine, if that makes sense, way, he, he's very affectionate to the daughters and he, it's not that he's not affectionate to me I think that there's a certain way you can love your daughter and there's a certain way you can love your son that's the way I grew up and there's nothing wrong with that I think that's okay like <clears throat> you know you can't 
don't know. I'd challenge that. I'd say that like it is you should you should be able to love your daughters in the same way that you love your sons. Of no, course no, you're no. not going you to love them all out. <laughs> right. You love them equally, but, but you, you don't love them. them the same way. Not because you don't love them the same way doesn't mean you're not loving them equally. It's a different love. Yeah. It's like the way I love my mom compared to the way I would love my wife. I love Actually, I hate every single you love, <laughs> you love, go ahead, say it, little girls. Look, listen. You're a pedophile. It's like this. If there are people... <laughs> so, if anything, it was little boys. <laughs> no, I think, I think like that's kind of the part of the problem sometimes when it comes to loving... When a son has to love his... When a dad has to love his son, right... And he has to love him, but he has to love him in a certain way. Like, I wouldn't kiss my son on the mouth. Right. Because, yeah, no, I wouldn't no, no, kiss my daughter no. on the mouth either. I wouldn't kiss a baby in the mouth. I mean, but that's y'all opinion. Like, I grew up with, like, my, like, you know, I've seen many fathers where they, they kiss their daughter in a month. But, like, at a very, like, three-year-old. But after a certain while, like, it's like, yo, that's it. Like, you're, you're done. Um, look, to be honest, like I said, my dad was missing for, like, the first quite a, like the first good amount of years of my life so I, I but he was still like taking care of things in America because he had to come to America but like you know like no one like no one really taught me I never felt like I needed my dad to like hug me up and like you know hold my hand and like it's gonna be okay son how would you know if you didn't need it though and the only way you would know if you didn't need it is at the end when you're no, like no, no, fuck no. like no 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 okay no okay. let me change that let me change that I didn't like I never felt like I needed you know I mean like I, I do I appreciate my dad's attention and do what does a son need his dad's love yeah I do but do I need it just like how my, my sisters had it no, I, I wouldn't want it. You don't need it. You don't need it at the same level. <laughs> I don't want the same type of. And I don't think even he did. Like, I, it just. Maybe at an even younger age. Even at a younger age, like it was just like growing up. Now it's just like I, I get it. like and my dad like he did like he when he came back and you know he missed a good amount of part of our lives when we were toddlers like mm -hmm. he wanted to bathe us he wanted to be there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but we were still very like you know 10, 11, you know. Which is not yeah, that's past but, but the age where you But he missed all those years. And, but he, and he but you could sense he wanted that. He wanted yeah. to. Like he it's not that he didn't. Like my dad like actually really shocked me the other day when I when I meant like almost like a week ago or a week and a half. Like I always thought, you know, maybe this is just the way we were raised though, but I always thought like my maybe he was like very insensitive mm -hmm. to like sensitive conversations and yeah maybe that's something maybe i made up in my own head but but you I'm, got you got a little bit of that whatever I, that is he, I, he put that on you a well little bit. i want to see you know yes and no and I'm, I'm grateful for whatever it was like the other day when it was like last week or so i'm in the car we're driving home and this was like during the time of like the breakup yeah you're going yeah. through some relationships and i was just, not even with her it was just more stuff like my mental health isn't the healthiest thing right now so anyway um, and I, I just sat there and I, you know, we're driving home and I was like, dad, I don't, I don't feel so good. Mm -hmm. And he was like, you need to go to the hospital because <clears throat> you know, I've been telling you to go to the hospital, get a checkup and everything, you know? And I'm like, no, I don't mean physically. Yeah. And then he stopped and he was like, what do you, what do you mean? And I was like, never mind. And he was like, what do you mean? Like emotionally, spiritually telling me what's going on. And I was like, no, never mind. And he was like, son, you need to talk to mm -hmm. me. And I was just like, no, dad, seriously. I'm what fine. made you say never mind? I... It didn't. It didn't matter. I just. I was just like. It does. It doesn't matter. So anyway, it, and he kept on pushing. Like and then, um, he gave it a pause and we got we got out of the car. You know, and then like we were walking and he's like, okay, so tell me what's going on. And I'm like, Dad, it just like, I don't know how to talk about it. 
we weren't raised this way you know like i'm not mm-hmm. i guess i'm not wired this way i don't like talking about my issues and problems mm-hmm. and then he just like huh I, I, he, you, that, that, there was a part of you that brought that shit up I, because I, you right. wanted to talk about no, it. You just I don't did. know how. And, and right, what you said. That, exactly. What and you said. that's exactly it. And then he stopped and he was like, "Listen, I'm not, I'm not some friend or some random. Mm-hmm. I'm your father. Like, you know, you can talk to me yeah. about anything. Like, Even I'm, if you don't know how to yeah, say it, like, I was just like, yeah, I was like, I'm, I'm here. Like, you can talk to me. He was like, I'm not gonna be here forever. You know, like, mm. you know, there are things you can tell me that you cannot tell other people." What? That's real. That's real. I like the idea that because, you know, even the, I think the difference is with certain dads is that it's the willingness, right? It's not, I don't, I was raised a certain way, so I'm, I'm not talking about me. I'm just talking about like dads in general. Like they'll, in their head, it's like, I was raised a certain way, so I might not know how to love you in the way that you need, but I'm here. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I'm willing, I'm here, and I'm open. And if that's what I can contribute to you, and that's it, then like, please, like. And I love the fact they said, you know, I'm not always gonna be here, so you need to take advantage of these moments yeah. because those would be the moments where you look back, like, fuck, I should have just told yeah. him what I was going through. And I, you know, even after like I did end up, I opened up a little bit to him, but like I said, the way the way I am when it comes to opening up, it has nothing to do with him. But like he he never like. He's, he's had some times where it's like maybe he's made me shut down, but also like he's had some times where most of the times like where his love is patience and everything and you know like he wants to he wants to be there. So like yeah, my my dad like he's he's amazing man. Even even my mom, I think it's just like sometimes some. Yeah, people, you have a complicated relationship with your mom. I wouldn't say complicated. I wouldn't say complicated. You you use the word complicated. Don't switch it up. I said it's complicated. Like the situation is complicated. That's what I said. I said you have a complicated situation with your mom. I I you know I think every son needs their mother's love. So yeah, I think, I think every daughter needs their father's, father's love. That's you know? I'm not gonna disagree with you. On a that. lot of times, if a father's really good in a daughter's life, there's a high chance the guy yeah. she because she knows what she deserves. Right, you exactly. know what I mean. It's more so just like a lot of people pick shitty partners because they don't know what they deserve. They deserve right, and they think they deserve this because they've, they oh I deserve somebody who talks to me this way. My mom spoke to me this way. My yeah, dad yeah, spoke exactly. to me this right. way. Or maybe it's just that they have not had a fa- they haven't had a man's love. The father is the only person that loves you and is a man and doesn't want sex from you. The first well, person. Well, then there you go. Yeah, Maybe he is. the only person You're, that loves you. didn't have that. A, f- a father is a child's first king. King? Yeah. yeah like, it's how you look at him. Like, oh, you yeah. look at your dad yeah. like everything. He's his yeah, first king. To, to, yeah. To, it's, it's because of, like, my dad, I know how, I can honestly say, I know how to respect and treat women. Mm-hmm. Right? Or people in self. But honestly, especially women. Um... I want to I want to describe a movie that uh, we saw recently, and I want to see if any part of this resonates with you. And if not, we can just discuss like, listen, the overall concept in general. If it's not a porno, it's not. Gonna I know you haven't seen it. If it's not a porno, but so I'll just give you a brief description, and maybe I'll describe the sex scene that was in the movie just to keep you interested. Right. So the overall movie was about a son who was very high functioning. He did a lot of um, things that uh, ideal son would do. He played the piano. He wrestled. He was he was uh, on top of his grades and everything. He was the ideal son. And throughout the movie, you kind of see the um, you kind of see this son kind of degrade or or like slowly uh, go into a state of. What are you talking about? 
no, this was about a black family too. It was it was pretty interesting. But um, through the pressure, the dad in the movie puts this kind of pressure on the son, basically saying, you know, because you're black, because you're young and you're a young black boy, and the whole world wants you to fail. So he kind of put this kind of imaginary pressure on him that I feel like a lot of maybe ethnic or a lot of uh, black or you know any type of immigrant parent will put on their son. I know a movie that is. Um... What. Uh, the Jackson Five. No, <laughs> it's not the story of Michael Jackson, but it kind of is. But it kind of is. This is a black family. So he puts this pressure on the son throughout the movie, and the son feels like he can't really be open about his pain because it's going to be compared to the dad's pain. Like at one point in the movie, the son is like, you know, I'm just kind of going through a lot. And the dad's like, you don't think we're going through a lot? Like we're trying to keep you in school. We're trying to handle all he this. He does that. Yeah. So then he doesn't. Parents do that a lot. So then the son didn't feel like he could be open with the dad yeah. about his pain because, oh, my pain is not as bad as your pain. So my pain is devaluing well, the pain. You know, you honestly, know? like, like I mean, I think I've I reached a... It's kind of got a point there, because he, he... And later on, he does end up saying that, well, parents do that. They didn't do it to compare it. I think um, I think it's kind of like that moment where it's like... So, because later on, he does tell me, he's like, you know, if you, if you think you're, you know... Even though you might be going too much, it's not... It's not as crazy as it sounds. And maybe he was trying to... Perv- maybe he was trying to put that in a positive spin. Like, right. you know, it's so, not as bad as exactly. you think. And, you know, like, there has been times... Like, if I look back in my life and um, and I've I seen some stuff where I looked at it as, like, this huge issue. Like, now I look at it and I'm like, that probably was... Yeah, like all of fucking high school. To... <laughs> but I think no. that's interesting. That idea of, you know, somebody might be telling you straight up, like, yo, what you're going through right now is not as bad as you think. Yeah. But you could internalize it like, oh... I, I think if it was anybody else, that. I would have been bothered and annoyed by it. Like, you know die but you know the fact that it was my dad i know where it was coming from and also i know that he's like he's going through like 10 times more and i think what he was basically saying is like if i can push through what i'm going through right like you can can definitely push through but you have to kind of have the mind to be able to decipher that message like what if what if you took it like the son in the movie and was like okay i guess i just got to suppress my pain and throughout the movie he started to suppress his pain to the point where it came out in a huge burst of rage and he made the worst decision he's ever made in his life no 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 he didn't kill himself he he did something on accident yeah but um it, but it came from the suppression of anger and the suppression of rage and not being able to talk about these things openly because you stack your pain up against you know, other people. The, the thing is, is that, like, you know, talking about pain as well, it's just, like, it's such a picky thing. I, I, you know, it, like, at least that's how I see it. That's why I'm always, like, very... And I tell you this all the time. Like, sometimes you'll be like... You'll be like, yeah, I, I, you know, I want to say this, but you know, I don't want to sound like a girl, and, I, and I'll stop you. I'll say, <laughs> you don't sound like a girl. You sound like a normal human being with feelings. Now tell no, me how no. you feel. My mom, like, I, it's it's a complicated situation, in a sense where it's like I don't talk to her because it's more like I'm ashamed. You're ashamed of your mother? No, I'm ashamed of myself. You're ashamed of yourself. Ashamed. Like, Pertaining to your mother? No, 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 no. I'm ashamed of like you know, it's in a sense of like. You know, like, I should be helping her. Like, she had a heart attack and everything. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, sh- I should have been able to go there and help her out. Or whenever she's having issues, I should be able to go and help her out. So it's more like a, like, damn, like. So because you feel that way, you feel like it's better to just not talk to have her. Have you ever had an issue where it was like you feel like you're doing something wrong to yeah. someone? Yes. And then you're, like, sort of, like, afraid. 
Yes, and, and so you just push it off more. You keep going longer and longer, and right, not right. like it's going to better itself right, by right. you not touching it. But no, it so it's, it's a similar issue to this. It's like I need to work on myself, and then maybe go to her. And I know that's not what she wants, of course. So that's something I'm working on when it mm-hmm. comes to her. Um, you know, but it's just like also uh, something I need to fix. I've gotten used to missing her. You've gotten used to missing her. That's a good one. Yeah. Like so now it's not weird. It's it first it even it went past the point where it was weird to not call her. Now it's just oh no, I don't I don't really talk to her. Like it just makes sense. It's just like yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but she's also getting old. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm being rational, I think one of the things I'm at the point in my life right now is that I want to be able to bury my parents when they die. You want to be able, you want to be financially secure enough to be able to do that. To be able to bury them when they die. I remember you shared with me that that might have been one of your fears is that yeah, you're not going to be able to I do that. I can't bury them when they die. I want them to, because, you know, if I'm being realistic, and that's one thing that's pushing me to do better. And I feel like if a lot of people. <laughs> the thought of your parents' <laughs> untimely death. Great. So it's not all on you, the funeral cost. And like, what, you know, funeral. It doesn't, it doesn't matter anything about that. I want, when they close their eyes, I want them to know that Mike's got this. Hmm. Heavy, right? Ended on slightly, slightly a heavy note, but that shit is real. You know, I don't, I don't really think about that because I don't have the same family dynamic as you know. Um, but it's real. We didn't, we didn't ask for this. <laughs> we just got signed up for this shit. It's kind of weird that. We were brought into this world and part of it was that we would have to take care of them. We have to take care of the people that brought us into it. And some people just say, fuck it. I'm my own person. I'm going off doing my own thing. You're on your own. Especially if that person caused a lot of pain to you. Then you're like, man, fuck it. I ain't making sure you're good. But the most most people, they have to take that into account as they grow up. What are they going to do with their parents? How are they going to take care of their parents? So it's weird. Another thing that you think about on your birthday. So I felt like that conversation was relevant and pretty relatable, you know? So getting out of here on an ending note, I'd like to thank, it's it's too many people to thank, honestly, but I'd, I'd like to give some special thanks. Uh, the first one going out to Nakaira. Um, She's holds me down in more ways than I can really name. Uh, special, special thank you to co-host Cody Manawi, of course, Stacy, Dr. Stacy Parker, all the people in my life who who keep me sane, who keep me me. Thank you. And I'm fucking 27 now. And you know what I'm gonna do? I'm going to record a podcast for my mom. Oh, oh, special thanks to shout uh, Also, special shout out to Joyce Ann. Joyce Ann Peters and Harold Peters and Ashanti Peters and the whole family. Jody, Talia, Ollie, everybody. Kendall, Kennedy, Zachary. Everybody's, everybody's getting so old. Um, but I'm going to record a podcast for my mom and I'm going to say, I'm going to say exactly how I feel and I'm going to get it out. I'm going to cry. I'm, I'm going to do something. I'm going to get this shit out of me once and for all. And I am going to let her know that I love and still respect her and thank her for giving 
giving me the things that make me me. And look who just fucking arrives. Don't pick him up. He doesn't like that. Co-host Cody Manawi's here. We're going to get out of here. We're going to have some lunch. Oh. Don't, don't say anything. Hi. <laughs> don't talk to the people. It's over. They've Hi. already heard you. All right. Love you guys. Thank you for everything. And keep listening. Remember, all streaming platforms. Peace.